What's up, everyone? Happy Thursday. I am yet again without a video team for a couple reasons. Um, obviously, Jacob still has the has the baby, the newborn baby, and Grace is actually uh, out sick. So uh, I won't be able to share my screen, but luckily we got this system up and running at least. Um, so sorry about that ahead of time. Uh, had a good week in the markets, huh? It's been good. It's been good. It's been a good week for the big board. A little bit of strength, like like we've talked about, um, you know, been been holding steady during a lot of weakness in growth stocks, and we're kind of poised to strike. I think if Bitcoin makes another run, if uh, growth stocks make another run, which is this the start of another crypto bull run, another growth stock bull run? I'm not sure. What do you all think? Put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. Always love your opinions. Uh, tonight we're doing a raffle, so for every hundred likes, we're giving away twenty bucks to uh, anybody in the stream, all you got to do is click that link and just be have that link open and I can click like I can pick a raffle winner in real time and you'll have a pop up if you are the winner. So uh, definitely like the video for the algorithm. Thank you so much. Appreciate you all um, just kind of going over um, the cryptocurrency prices by market cap. Bitcoin's at it's been flirting with 50,000. It was over 50,000 this morning. It kind of treated you know whatever it is humans have five fingers so you multiply that by 10,000 and you get 50,000 and it, it it somehow sticks in our brains as humans uh ether's been on a you know short-term run it's up 22 percent over the last week it's now flirting with 3,800 uh Binance coin is kind of you know, fluctuating. I would say that's the most stable recently. Cardano's made a strong run, you know, in the recent past. Now they're the third largest by market cap. And the one that we all know and love is Solana, which as of right now is at 127. Who would have known? So if you are a Relic member, definitely, if you're not a Relic member, definitely consider signing up. But Relic members got a trade alert where we actually bought into Solana, uh, you know, some as a speculative position. Oh, was it like 82? And it just promptly ran really, really hard. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. I'll always take like a, a quick 50% gain. But I will have to say, right, the fundamentals of, of Solana is people are building, developers are building on that network. NFTs are all the rage recently. And that will crash in the future. And the only reason why we ever buy anything on this channel and in Roic has, has to have some sort of fundamental backing to it, right? Um, so, but make no mistake, I am a corporate finance analyst. I'm just an open-minded corporate finance analyst. So therefore I was, that, that allowed me to open my mind wider than every single, every, every single Wall Street guy that I know, except for one, uh, who introduced me and buy into Bitcoin at 300 and, you know, keep buying early and stomach the crash. Uh, but make no mistake about it. It's, you know. Uh, this is public knowledge, right? Like it's, it's crypto is not over a 30% position of the big board. And I don't think we'll ever get to half, half, uh, but we are in it more than most of wall street. Again, like I said, my personality is somewhere in the Midwest. Let's call it Indiana or Ohio, uh, or Kansas, um, somewhere in between Silicon Valley and, and, and wall street. Um, what else? So that's crypto. Uh, we've seen uh, material strength in growth stocks and specifically growth stocks that like consumer tech growth stocks. I think there's a, I've noticed through the, this, you know, 2021's been a relatively tough year for growth stocks in general, consumer oriented tech growth stocks in general, unless you pick really, really like, like uh, singular winners. Um, but just look at ARK Invest versus the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ's done really well, but ARK Invest hasn't. And I think that the um, the bifurcation of the two has made itself apparent. The same reason why uh, the Nasdaq lagged quite meaningfully, Ark Invest last year, and meaningfully the big board last year, um, was a very different reason from uh, was a different paradigm from what we had kind of the first half of this year, uh, where big cap tech is now outperforming, whereas like higher growths, more speculative, longer term 
speculative plays have underperformed big tech, right? And that's what that's why we were like holding on to big tech for a long time. If you have Facebook, we just you know, and you'll have to sign up for Roic if you uh, if you um, want to know what we hold. But we held Facebook for a long time and got finally got some benefits from that, right? It was trading at like fifteen times EBITDA. Uh, Amazon's underperformed, very surprisingly. Very surprisingly. You all know what I think about Amazon on the long term. And um, yeah, that's that's that. Uh, guys, we're at 66 likes. We need 34 likes to give out 20 bucks. Uh, cool. What do you all think about... Uh, Abdul is asking, why did you go hedge fund versus private equity? So, um, I always wanted to go to the buy side. I wanted to be in hedge funds when I was in high school. And I, that's, I mean, th that was initially my thought, right? It's like, it's, it's more sexy. It's more fun. It's like investing in public companies. It's how you, we all get bitten. But once you start getting into the industry, like investment banking, you realize that private equity is much more of a stable career path with equal or even better earnings potential, honestly. But the skill set is you don't actually have to be, I'm going to get you a lot of flack from my friends. You don't actually have to be a good investor to be in private equity because they're just kind of problem solving. Um, there are bidding processes on a lot of these, right? It's like, oh, here's the bid. The, the highest bid wins on the private equity firms. And it's like, okay, well, if we buy at this price and the cash flows do this, then we make this return. It's, it's a lot more structured versus public equities investing is like, well, what is the market expecting? What do we expect? How is that a, a complete different uh, different uh, differential between what we expect and what the market thinks and what do we know that the market doesn't. There's a lot of these different styles of public market investing, but it's actually like you have to have a differing opinion and uncover it forensically the thesis that the market isn't pricing in versus private equity is like you buy this at X and as long like it's more like assessing your downside risk. How can this thing go wrong? So it's almost like being a credit or a debt investor. So I went into hedge funds. Uh, I actually, the first hedge fund I worked at was a private equity style, public markets equity. So it was kind of a hybrid. We did private stuff and public stuff. I, I really like that style for us long-term. Uh, when I worked at the big C, uh, it was very much uh, stock jockeying, right? Uh, and look, if you have like a couple years of bad performance in that industry, it's really bad. Like, it's a really unstable career, but you can really blow it out of the water certain years. Uh, so, like, if I, if I, I don't know if I would, I would recommend that for just a stock jockey trying to, like, be on the street because it's really tough, right? Like, the way I'm investing my portfolio is on the time frame of 10 plus year, 10 years plus. And you don't get that kind of leeway in hedge funds, but you get that leeway in private equity because you don't know if you're good in, you don't know if you're a good private equity investor until funds one and two start scaling down and they're locked up for five to 10 years. And, you know, so you're at least locked up for five to 10 years. Um, so uh, I picked it because uh, I was a bit purer on the like, I want to do what I, I, I love. But then I went in the private equity style, like being a CFO of a portfolio company. It's a very private equity thing to do. So I've kind of done both. So. Um, yeah, Brian, I'm you. Brian is saying happy. Yeah, Brian got in at Solana at 25 to 30. It's funny. I met a Roic member in person at a meetup, a tech meetup event here in Miami yesterday. I got to reach out to him. Uh, he's like deeply, he's even deeper in crypto than you. He was like, oh, yeah, I had a chance to get in at like four or five. Um, like I said, I will always be a little older minded and stodgier in the crypto space, uh, at least for now. Until we like, because I just don't have the time to dedicate to it. And also, I know that in the crypto space, um, it takes a lot of more venture capital style work. And also, it has like extreme beta to the price of Bitcoin. So, um, cool. Uh, TJ, so just a little update. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm focusing in on ROIC members for now. I'm doing a lot of legal work, a lot of accounting work to get us ready for the master plan that I've hit, hinted at for Roic members, uh, which I'm super excited about, but it just takes a long time and a lot of my work. So um, 
content is going to suffer. I would say like public content. So like uh, John was asking, or uh, wait, hold on. Someone asked about, uh, are we going to get a personal finance video this week? And I just, I haven't gotten around to it. I was just, I'm so busy. And also the only time I've gotten out, gotten out of the uh, office this week is to like go to that meetup event for like one to two hours. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just recorded actually, like I finished 10 minutes before the stream, uh, just recorded something on like the housing market. So that should hopefully come out by next Wednesday. Um, so cool. Okay. We have 102 likes, so I'm going to set the raffle. You guys have to click the link. There's 160 of you, but there's only 48 of you in the room. So only 48 of you, you all have a, uh, or 53 now, a 2% chance of winning this. So I'm going to click new raffle in like 10 seconds. JK is asking, uh, what is the burning question of yours? Are they asking where I got my shirt? This shirt is from a department store. I forget what department store. Uh, okay, I'm clicking new raffle while I look up department store names because I just forget what it was. Okay, so 68 of you have a chance. So one of you should have a list of department stores in the United States. Where did I get this shirt? I don't know. You can tell. I'm not like a style king here. <laughs> Dillard's. That was it. Dillard's. I bought this in Dillard's in, I think, Green Hills Mall in Nashville. <laughs> that was the burning question. Come on, guys. I'm, not, I'm, I'm clearly, if I'm like, if like corporate finance is here, fashion is here. I, if they, you could give me a negative score on fashion, I think that would be me. Um, Dillard's. All right, cool. But is the growth stock market, have we seen enough pain? Now we're in a few growth stocks. Um, again, this is a public stream, so don't give it away if you're a Rogue member. But we're in some growth stocks, and so we're kind of in this with Ark Invest. I I root for Ark Invest because the not, maybe not the majority, the biggest portion of our portfolio in the big board is levered to a lot of the the consumer facing names that Kathy Woods in. So whenever Ark Invest has a big kind of macro market pop, we also have a macro market pop as well. Um, we're just, we're again, growth investors tempered by value plays tempered by valuation. And so, uh, oh, the winner still hasn't, um, put in their information. You have to put in their information. You don't need to put in your last name, but we need your email. Um, so the raffle is works. People ask me about how the raffle works. Same every time you have to click the link and you just leave the link open. And if you're the winner, you get a pop-up and then you have to just put your name and email, I think. Um, yeah, and sor sorry, uh, sorry, all you, all the uh, Europeans, but you know I'm in the states. I try my best. And then you guys, that's why we have a Monday morning stream for all of you at 10 a.m. every Monday on this channel to start the week, so Europeans can tune in for that. Um, uh, Amin, Amin is asking, do hedge funds sell puts and calls for hedging? Do they say delta neutral, stay delta neutral? I would say most hedge funds don't stay delta neutral. They usually go like long. Caesar, Caesar wins the raffle. Congrats, Caesar. Um, okay. Uh, Caesar S wins the, wins the raffle. So uh, if we get another 80 likes, another another 20 bucks gets, gets uh, <laughs> Caesar, James said Caesar salad won. Because we don't know his last name. Could be Caesar Salad. Uh, okay, cool. Let's look at some stocks. We got a few voicemails. Oh, we got like five voicemails, so we got to crank through them. Let's go. Uh, I think you can hear my screen. Otherwise, I have to switch. Vo I don't know how to do this. I missed the video, people. Hey, oh, this one covers a Roic stock, so we'll save it for the next Roic only um, one. Hi, Justin, uh, Roic member here. My name is Amin. Just wanted to know your thoughts on LSPD. It's uh, Lightspeed. Ticker is LSPD. 
Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the call in. Uh, Lightspeed Venture or Lightspeed is LSPD. Oh, man, I wish I could sh share. It's up 2.4% today. Ooh, it's on a run. Lightspeed Commerce. In the past five days, it's up 19%. In the last month, it's up 36%. In the last six months, it's up 74%. In the last year, it's up 240%. So this would be a, a three-bagger as of today, if you had if you had invested exactly one year ago at forty three bucks a share, over three bagger. So let's look at the valuation. Um, Lightspeed, their point of sale system. I remember people called into this early on. Uh, offers omni channel commerce, enabling software as a service platform. Uh, company software platforms provide its customers with functionalities to engage with customers, manage their operations, and accept payments. It enables retailers, restaurants, and other small and medium-sized enterprises to engage with customers across online, mobile, social, and physical channels. Um, okay. Some mashup of customer management and, and Square or something like that. So they're growing. Oh, they smashed the quarters. Uh, so they're growing at uh, over 100% per year. Uh, this past quarter they printed, oh, wow, they just announced 200, that's why they've had a huge rally. 220% year-over-year growth and about, what's that, like 30% month-over-month growth? Wait, no, no, 50% month-over-month growth, close to 50, 40 to 50% month-over-month growth, and revenue growth, still EBITDA uh, uh, un unprofitable, but generally break-even, and they've got about 50% gross margins. Okay, so it's like a, okay, makes sense. Uh, that being said, uh, and, and you know, analysts think that they're going to grow a, a net one four, 140 uh, percent in fiscal year 2022, which is basically March ends on March 2022, so that's half the year. So they're trading at somewhere like 60 times forward gross profit, and you're paying for 100 times growth. But so this one is astronomical valuation very quickly growing. So this to me looks like a Shopify. But if I'm going to buy something at at this valuation, it's probably going to be more like CrowdStrike. Right? You guys know me because the highest flyers also had the highest flying valuations and it's like you just like you, your your mind is boggled for two things and it's a hodl strategy, right? It's like hold on for dear life. But you think about like they need to keep doubling every year for a few years. And then they, uh, so if, if they're trading at 60 times uh, gross profit and if they double, then it'd be so forward gross profit, right? So if they grow another 140%, um, they're trading at, yeah, let's say 60 times forward gross profit. And then in two years, they're trading at 30 times forward gross profit if they double again. And then in three years, maybe they flatline to 20% growth and they're trading at like 15 to 25 times forward gross profit. Um, you're basically paying up for years two and three and four if they keep doubling over time. I'm not really sure how Lightspeed compares against Square, against, uh, I know Toast filed for IPO, which I really want to look at if we have the time. Uh, that's like the restaurant-specific uh, point-of-sale system uh, that's really growing a ton um, so to me it's really highly valued really fast growing so it's kind of like to me I don't know I'll just say like I'm gonna put a meh rating on it for us but it could be interesting if they just keep doubling and I, who knows right like Shopify it, Lightspeed is Canadian so that's why I, I'd say high growth stocks SaaS stocks in ca Canada might have some weird premium because Shopify is just has this like weird Canadian Canadian premium. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Steven is saying this was a $10 stock in 2020. That's crazy. I think I don't like buying 
when exuberance is high about something. Um, so I don't know. I just I'll let it. You let her run, right? I mean, we Asana, right? Asana ran, and you just kind of have to let it run because I'm not. I come from the professional world where it's like w- there's no gambling because you're you're literally manage managing the money of like institutions and charities and pension funds. So you have to have some sort of logical strategy of batting averages and like how you, you know, you do that. You like, once it runs past your target price, like you have to sell, even if you really like the stock, but on a personal level, we're personal investors here. So I'm going to have to reel it in sometimes, you know, that's why I don't like to, I don't poo poo people that hold Tesla or hold stocks. Like some, some Roke members held on to, uh, to Albertsons that's worked out really well because they just really liked it, even if we sold out, which is really great because I think I think just because my style is still like I'm still coming from the institutional world, if that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't hold on on to something for personal benefit if you for tax reasons, long term cap gains, or just the fact that you, you're a little bit more of a for lack of a better word right now, gambler. Right? Even for me. I size my personal stuff in a way where institutional funds would be like, right? That's crazy, right? So if you're managing like Harvard's money, it's crazy. But if you're managing Justin O's money, I'll do whatever the heck I want, right? And if you're if you Caesar, if you're if you're managing the twenty bucks, you do whatever the heck you want. Like nobody's over your shoulder. So just just remember that I I am just like I'm conflicted between West Coast East Coast. I'm also conflicted between institutional and personal. Um, okay, cool. We got more. Uh, so that was a, that was a, uh, that was a chat question. So I'm gonna go to the next. Oh, this one's good because people are doing chat, and it's also a voicemail question. Hey, Justin, Rolex member here. Hope you had a good week. Um, can you take a look at Pager Duty? They just had their earnings report today after hours, um, and I know we were kind of bullish on them a couple months ago. Uh, just wondering what your thoughts are on their report and if they look bullish going forward, too. Thanks. Yeah, so PagerDuty's been pretty flat through the, again, weakness in growth stocks. They haven't really recovered since uh, the sell-off in February, March. And, you know, that that was uh, one that we definitely, like, sold out quickly at kind of a loss. But I think we avoided at least half of the losses. Um, let's look at... But it's it's a solid company. We did get call-ins from Roic members where PagerDuty is just a really lightweight product that isn't a big deal and actually might get kind of eclipsed by. Um, hold on. Let me just. I have to pull up these. Earnings. Hold on. Ops Genie. Yeah, so like I remember this is all coming back to me. So like Ops Genie and a couple other products. Ops Genie's uh I believe Atlassian and yeah. So anyway, I think bigger play, they, they, they are at risk of getting kind of hemmed in by bigger players, but let's see their performance was 30, 33% growth year over year. Now I don't know what that is quarter over quarter. I can take a look real quick here, but yeah, 33% growth year over year. They're still unprofitable. Their mar- their gross profit margins are still like eighty percent plus, and they are trading at fifteen times, eh, like thirteen thirteen and a half times forward gross profit, growing in the mid twenties according to analysts. So it seems to be like an inline quarter, and they're growing in the mid to high twenties year over year, and quarter over quarter. They're growing at like like eight percent quarter over quarter. 
and they're still s- small, like a $3 billion company. So I would say it's probably fairly valued for now. It, it, I would say it's still kind of a meh rating for me. It's like meh, like doesn't look particularly like attractive to, to spend some of our, our uh, valuable time on. So that, that's just a whatever. Um, okay, so we got 45 more likes until we give away another 20 bucks. Uh, and we only have like 15 more minutes on the public screen. The time really does fly sometimes. But sometimes I will say like one out of 10 times when I've had a brutal week or brutal day, uh, like the streams can get like really tough because it's like I'm almost talking to my, I'm simultaneously talking to you all but also talking to myself and it's just like a mental thing. Okay. Good thing I'm an only child. So I'm used to that. I'm used to talking to myself. Hey, Justin, Roic member. If you wouldn't mind looking at one of our old positions, pager duty. Uh, I never saw. Wait, yeah, we did. We, we did this one. Oh, two separate Roic members asked for about pager duty. So we just answered that one. Hey, Justin Roic member here. My question is regarding Coinbase and if the company in the stock's success and outlook has to be viewed as not that closely correlated with Bitcoin. You know, in the past year, Ethereum has like 10x while Bitcoin's lagged behind, not even 5xing. You know, looking at the price is fluctuating. They're not really performing the same. And Bitcoin is becoming a smaller share of the crypto market. You know, especially when Coin IPO'd. I know you talked about how it'll probably track the crypto market, which tracks Bitcoin and you talked about just owning the actual asset, which would be Bitcoin. Um, you know, even then, it seemed like DeFi, Ethereum, and others would significantly contribute to coin success, meaning owning Bitcoin may not be all that close to owning coin. And um, now with the majority of transaction revenue on coin coming from Ethereum, not Bitcoin, and, you know, Ethereum's performance, ADA, Solana's performance, doesn't coin have to be viewed as different from and with advantages relative to owning Bitcoin and even to owning Ethereum itself? Thank you very much. Hey, spot on, man. I agree. I think that's that perception has changed, and we've seen that with the recent Ethereum run up and recent, uh, like they have they have a um, they have USD to Solana, like buy like that's I bought some through there personally when I like after I did the did the trade alert. Uh, yeah, I. I agree. I agree. I think coin is looking increasingly attractive as a play. Like I really like it, but I still don't think that you like you obviously it needs to be a position in Coinbase needs to be thought of as a part of the of the segment of your portfolio that you're willing to expose to crypto. So, like, for example, I agree. Like, I don't know why you would ever buy master, master, uh, micro strategies. I think a retail investor shouldn't, right? It's only institutional investors that are mandated against buying Bitcoin, but they can buy stocks and ma- micro strategy basically use a, a vehicle for that. Bitcoin is its own fundamental thesis. It's internet gold started it all, internet gold, old grandpa, blah, 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 blah. But at a certain de- a certain point over Bitcoin's life, its returns are going to be low because eventually it's going to be really stable. At, at least we hope it's going to be super stable, right? There aren't that ma- much returns to be made in the FX markets, right? People have to really lever it up. Like things trade at like 0.001 of a cent. You know what I mean? And people when people say FX trading, which is obviously a scam, uh, like they're they're levering up up on margin, like tiny tiny little moves of the uh, Japanese yen versus U.S. dollar. Um, so eventually, hopefully, Bitcoin becomes more like it probably moves like gold because the internet is more volatile. <clears throat> but Coinbase, to me, is the on, like only company I think. When you ask me why I haven't bought Coinbase yet, because my stance has been for a while now that I really like Coinbase as a play on crypto. I think Coinbase is a really, really, really good buy. If you're one of those people that are like, okay, fine, Justin, fine. You've convinced me, like I'm a stock person, but you've convinced me I want some exposure to crypto, but I don't want to have to deal with wallets or and I don't trust these like newfangled like exchanges and or I have to I don't have to worry about the security of which. And I also don't want to have to worry about uh, which crypto to buy. What's just gonna do good if crypto does good, do, does well? Um, I think Coinbase is the one to buy. 
And the only reason precluding me from really going in on it has been just where does it fit from an overall portfolio management strategy. But if you're not scared of over allocating to crypto, which a lot of younger people are, like we get a lot of Roke member, uh, younger Roke members who are like, hey, if you're young, like what, what, what do you think about 100% Bitcoin? I was like, it's not bad. I mean, if, you, if that's what you believe in and you just, you know, go study. You're not working with a lot of dollars and just like go study and, and invest there. You know, it's like Coinbase is a really good one as well. So I like it. I like it. Don't forget that like button. We are uh, 30 likes away from giving away another 20 bucks um, and all that stuff. And Bruno's asking about De DeFi, decentralized exchanges, DEXs. Uh, I think there will always be a huge place for custodial exchanges. Because someone like me, again, I'm sitting somewhere in Kansas. Like, I have tried DEXs. I remember, I remember converting ETH to XRP way back in the day, um, in crypto terms, like 2017, I think. And it's just too much for me. Like, like I need to get my Trezor and like do this, and then like. I don't have to worry about it, right? Like at a certain point, I've kind of regressed back to Coinbase is the Goldman Sachs, the JP Morgan of crypto. 95% of their crypto is in cold storage. They insure the heck out of it. Like I just, just, just hold my money at a certain point, right? I mean, I diversify across places, but like at a certain point, it's kind of like, I'm not, I'm not going to like, I, there's a part of me that's a romantic libertarian-ish person who's like, well, I can fly to singapore with my my treasure or my ledger and have you know millions of dollars in a plane and instead of gold bars but at a certain point like like i'm just staying here in the states and i'm not gonna do that anyway blah 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 um lucid okay everyone talking about lucid's valuation if lucid sells a crap ton of cars you're gonna make a lot of money if lucid fails you're gonna lose a lot of your money like so bifurcation right a lot of these pre unless you're Rivian pricing at $80 billion, Lucid isn't really priced to like that insane levels. So if you're, if you're someone who's like, I don't want to buy Tesla, but I want EV exposure, like there's a Lucid store, a showroom here, like not even that way, that way, here in Brickell, Miami. And um, I did a TikTok on it. So you can like go search me on TikTok if you want to see it. And Lucid, like I touched I touched a show model. I don't know if it drives. It seems to be legit, like kind of like a Tesla store. Uh, so it might be the best risk reward speculative uh, EV play out there because, yeah, CCIV, Churchill Capital, and a deal value. I'm just looking back real quick for, for Lucid. Uh, deal value, Lucid. I mean, the cars look nice, but not to me. It's very... If you're a Mercedes guy or gal, I think you'd you'd like Lucid. Lots of leather, like you really love that that whole thing. And they're headquartered in Irvine, which is 30 minutes away from where I grew up. Um, but if you're like me, I'm like I just want the good software experience, like Tesla. Like people, like all the car people hated the gaps in Tesla. I don't even notice them. Um, but that's just me. Uh, let's look at the deal. Okay, so at 10 bucks a share. They were valued at about 16. Okay, so maybe I take this back. They were valued at $16 billion, I think. Just doing this really quickly. I'm not going to lean too far into my, my, my screen because Rogue members took a screenshot of me squinting on my screen, and I look ridiculous. I need, like, a magnifying glass. Uh, $16 billion, so if it's at 18, then it's probably somewhere at like a 20, $30 billion, $30 billion, $25 billion valuation for Lucid. I don't know, like that's high for now. $25 billion for Lucid, who's like the number three pure play. Or $80 billion for Rivian. Or seven fifty to eight hundred billion for Tesla. Yeah, I mean, I guess go for Lucid. I think there's a bigger market for. I don't know. 
is there a bigger market for Mercedes S-Class, C-Class types of, or S, nicer Mercedes vehicles than there are like, but Rivian, see Rivian has like the whole Amazon trucks thing where they're selling trucks to Amazon. Yeah, uh, maybe they're equal to me. I don't know. They're just both very expensive. Um, yeah, Bruno saying at, at some point Lucid was a $70 billion valuation. That's just a lot, right? I mean, uh, your upside is probably not 7x, right? Because Tesla has so much more embedded into it. They have like robo taxis, now a robot they're going to sell you. Like that's all embedded in there. Uh, energy storage, cutting edge battery technology that they're developing. Whereas if you're just a pure play, like, oh, we sell the Ford Bronco, except it's electric. Like that's lower margin. You're not, you don't have the full self-driving overlay on it. No semi-truck. Uh, your upside's probably like, if you're buying into Rivian at, at an 80 bill valuation, your upside might be like, I don't know, 2X, 3X, 3X maybe, which is good. It's a triple bagger, but your downside's like 100X. So you'll have to figure it out if you think, like what it, what is your probability weighted distribution on these? And to me, it's like, Lucid's pro. I would probably rather, that's tough though, because what if they supply every Amazon truck out there? I'm talking about Rivian. Then uh, it's tough. Cool. Uh, let's do another one. Hi, Justin. This is Chris calling. Long time Rolls member here. A uh, quick question on QDEL Corp. QDEL is the ticker. Um, it has a 78% return on equity. 78% uh, return on invested capital and free cash flow, five-year growth of 95%, and a free cash flow of 12% year, um, free cash flow yield of 12%. Was just curious on your thoughts on that, and maybe if you could just talk about how to look at um, healthcare companies in general. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so this one is. I don't think you can look at it on the traditional metrics because it's so lumpy. So just, I can't show you my screen, but this is a company that went from 200 million in revenue to 1.6 billion in five years. And now is expected to uh, decline by half 45% next uh, in 2021 and then decline by another 25% the year after. And it seems like they're a diagnostic testing solution. So, you, it's like a metric based on numbers that aren't going to last. And that rarely works. Uh, they do rapid amino assays, cardiac amino assays, specialized diagnostic solutions. So maybe they're COVID test create maker. And that, uh, do they do, maybe they make COVID tests and their COVID tests now aren't getting used. Like we saw uh, a company, uh, them destroying a bunch of tests, right? Recently, nobody's like buying tests. So I don't know. I, I'm just not even gonna put a rating on this one because I, I don't know. When you say healthcare, there's two types of healthcare. There's like healthcare services, healthcare insurance, like most of healthcare, and then there's biotech and med tech. So this is like probably med tech, where an early stage biotech and med tech where it's much, it's much less financial. Like you don't even care about the financial. It's like, it's more like venture capital. It's like, it's even crazier than venture capital. It's like, what's the TAM? What's the market? If I cure this disease or if there's this many tests being bought in the world uh, in three years, then what's, how big is that market? What percentage of that market can we take with our product and does our product work? And is that product getting bought? And then that's all it is, right? And then that, and then that's kind of your. Then you just play that. So the the returns are super high and it's super sexy, but it's also like I don't think anybody really has an edge, right? We even saw it with Altium, which is now rallied, interestingly enough. Um, yeah, like I talked to a literal MD at a top, cute like a top five biotech 
hedge fund. And they get it wrong all the time. They lost hundreds of millions of dollars on that one. And it's because, like, it's, it's, it's much more akin to, I don't know, much, to me, much more akin to gambling. And people try to get, like, insi- not inside information, sometimes inside information, right? Uh, that's how SAC Capital, that's how Steve Cohen went down and had to go and close up shop to become 0.72. It was biotech. It's because people had, like, inside information. And I don't screw with that, right? Like, to me, there's no amount of money in the world that I want to, like, even risk going to jail. So I don't deal. I don't really deal with it, but that, that's just you asked about how to think about uh, that kind of stuff. But the the rest of healthcare is great, right? It's like like oh, like it can even be super fundamental. Like we do dialysis centers. This is how much revenue we have. This is how much it costs to run the run these dialysis centers, and this is our EBITDA and its cash flow, and this is like the ROI, like typical businesses. Um. Okay, let's look at the what's going on with Dogecoin. I don't know what's going on with the meme coin. Uh, twelve more li- oh, twelve more likes, and we give away twenty more dollars. Let's just do it right before we flip to the relic only stream. Um. I'm really glad a lot of Relic members kept their alt immune. Because remember I said, I said, I would hold, but I'm selling for liquidity for the big board. Like I said, as personal investors, you all have, um, or I do too, have an advantage of, well, not anymore, I guess, because I'm doing this. But hopefully you're salaried, right? Or you like make money and you have a day job. And you, you have the ability to like always trickle in more capital at a certain time. So your liquidity isn't necessarily like locked versus if you just have a, a stagnant fund and you don't keep capital raising, then like if you want to buy something, you have to sell something. So it's kind of like, a t- it's a, like another layer of the problem of portfolio management. Um, so neither here nor there. Okay. What, what were they asking? Dogecoin? What's going on with Dogecoin? Yeah. It's just, it's tracking the uh, crypto market. It's at 30 cents a share. 30 cents a coin, sorry. But it's down from its all-time highs of, I remember, I remember it was like, I remember I sold it, I sold a lot at like 60, 70 cents per coin because I forgot I did it to make a video, like a TikTok video, and then we gave away the uh, thousands of dollars to Relic members, to a few Relic members. I think we heard back from only half of them. Um, Ryan is saying it's all going to collapse and the people without crypto will be burning dollar bills to keep warm. Sorry to be dark. I imagine, Ryan, are you saying the traditional system will crash and crypto is the future? That's a bold call, my friend. It's a bold call. I mean, well, I'll be fine. I, I, that's why, okay, that's why it's like funny, right? If I were a typical, I'm not a typical YouTuber. I don't even call myself a YouTuber. People call me YouTuber. It's weird. And uh, they they always say, like, you got to niche down, right? So, like, Brian Jung, well, you know, I, I, I've met him. He, he, was, he was nice enough to have me on the streams. Um, like, he's really niched down to crypto. And I know Andre Gique is, like, super crypto now because it's, like, that's how you make the content. But I remember, and I remember I was, like, I am a stock guy. And I remember making the, the crypto content and it was like really like getting a lot of comments of like, why are you doing crypto, blah, blah, blah. But I'm really glad that I made it in retrospect because like, I, I don't think that there's, I think it's such a great opportunity that you can be smarter with that it would be, it would be a shame if like, if, if we were all dogmatic about just being stocks, only cash flow, blah, 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 blah. It's interesting because I see a lot of fundamental stock fintwit accounts are now pro crypto. But I remember the last time, like last cycle, uh, a lot of fintwit accounts were like anti-crypto. Where are the cash flows? It's a bubble. It's funny. Now they're in a- NFTs. I, NFTs are one of those things I can't get my... I, I can't get on board with. I think NFTs will be good, but the speculation is just, it's all speculation now. 
it's speculation and it's also like I think NFTs have a lot of value if I'm like I'm buying a skin for Warzone. But whether it's an ape or whatever, like they're they're just gonna keep doing the next it's gonna be donkeys, like we're like NFT donkeys and then it's gonna be NFT monkeys and then it's gonna be NFT like Dillard shirts. And like at a certain point you've just flooded the market and then and it's gonna look like the art market where a lot of the value is coagulated with whatever the society believes is like the on the pedestal and everything else is like a thousand dollar painting, right? Like, you know, anyway, time for raffle two thirteen. Thank you so much. Okay. 213 likes uh, another raffle. Let's, let's pick another one. You all have to hop right in to the link. There's only 76 of you in the link. And uh, all you got to do is click the link and keep that th thing up. And then I press new raffle. And uh, I'm going to wait like, I know there's a delay. 30, 30 second delay. Did Kaya call in? No, I don't think he called in today. I have two more. I want to, I want to, I want to hit it up. All right. Okay. 82 of you are going to win, uh, be in the raffle. Pending. So the winner, you have to respond. Uh, let's do the next one. Hi there. Um, this is Chris from New Zealand, Lake Mimna. Um, just like to take your thoughts on RocketPad, ticket RKLB. Um, they're a wholly owned subsidiary uh, uh, from New Zealand. Uh, appreciate everything that you do. Thanks, Justin. Bye. Hey, thanks. Um, RKLB. Is it, okay, Rocket Lab. Rocket Lab. Uh, wow, they are up 15% today on news that they are uh, they've announced new high volume reaction wheel production facility. Rocket Lab today announced the start of construction of new production facility that can supply up to 2000 reaction wheels per year to satisfy the rise in demand from satellite constellation customers. What does this mean for Rocket Lab? Uh, the CEO believes the facility will help the company build the best in class satellite hardware available to customers at scale. Advanced metal machining centers optimized for unintended. Hey, Neil R, you won the raffle. Neil, congrats. Uh, valuation. Rocket Lab, RKLB. So it was a former SPAC, Vector Acquisition Corp. So they despac to RKLB. They have no revenues. And they're valued at... Let's see here. RKLB. Okay, so I'm looking at their deck. Sorry, I can't uh, show it to you. Founder and CEO and chief engineer is Peter Beck. Uh, okay, Peter Beck. I don't know anything about him. Well, okay, in the history of spaceflight, only two private companies have delivered regular and reliable access to orbit. Rocket Lab and SpaceX. That's what they're saying. Space is open for business. Launch uh, proven rocket delivering dedicated access to orbit for three years. They're way out front, they believe. $350 billion TAM forecasted to grow to $1.4 trillion by 2020. 2030, $50 billion TAM, launch electron and neutron, TAM, 10 billion, to the space systems, okay, so uh, vertically integrated space company, where did they come from, wow. Okay, they, they launched out of New Zealand, but they have a lot of like U.S., stuff here dedicated small launch is critical not all space is the same second most frequently launched rocket in the u.s is uh space is rocket lab under right behind 
Base Axe. So why don't they have revenue? A little confused. Interplanetary missions, okay. So at 10 bucks a share, they were trading at a $4 billion valuation. Now, RKLB stock, uh, it's trading at 11.63 per share, which is, I don't know, $4.4 billion. If you think that, like, from just first glance, I'm going to just slap an interesting rating on it and hold your horses. I think this is an interesting rating according to, like, a super speculative, very Kathy Wood-esque, like, I believe in a big vision and my cost of equity is low because I just want exposure to a really big vision like uh, genomics, right? She's super bullish on genomics. It's like... If you believe that about space, like there's only there's not that many stocks you can invest in because SpaceX is private, and if it were public, it would trade at a super premium. And Virgin Galactic, I don't like. So if you want exposure to space for a four point four billion dollar valuation, that's low enough where I'm like, okay, this is a call option on if space is going to be a thing, like. If space really is open for business and we start and that TAM grows from what was it like 25 billion to 1.4 uh what did it say whatever they grows meaningfully over over time and they truly are a top uh company and a top vendor I mean it makes sense I mean they they think okay so they think by 2027 They'll have 1.5 billion in revenues. They think in 2024 they'll have half a billion in revenues. So I'm not going to buy it on fundamentals. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what multiple a space company should have, but it's going to be very CapEx intensive and all this other stuff. So. I don't think it's horrible, but you just really have to believe that space is the future and you're willing to hold it for whatever. Um, yeah, it's like you're buying cash flows like five years ahead. Just remember that. Cool. All right, so we are now over our allotted time. I'm going to flip to the ROIC only stream. Five minutes. If you're not a ROIC member, definitely hit that like button and subscribe uh, to this one and the main channel and uh, see all of our positions on the big board at a couple cents.com link in the description uh former hedge fund analyst blah 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 blah. and i appreciate you all being here and yeah let's go to the roic only stream uh i need to grab a, a water and i'll see you in like five minutes okay happy investing bye